five, four, three, two, one. Hey, it's Kellen. And today on Diversified Game, I have a strategist, an expert in his field. He is, like myself, a consultant, and he is for hire if you need services. Philip Asukot, all the way from Nigeria. If you see him online, you're going to see some of the best custom-made you know, suits. You'll think he's a model, but he's a business guy. Philip, welcome yeah. to the show. How are you doing? Thank you so much. It's great to be on the show. I've been looking forward to this all week, and I'm glad we're here now today. Thank you so much. Man, I, I'm so happy that you're here. So let the people know about your companies and what you do. Okay. My name is Philip Asukotes. I'm a strategy consultant. I'm also the lead strategist of the League of African Strategists. Now, the League of African Strategists is a platform I put together three years ago. Uh, when I started out in strategy consulting, I didn't have so many people that knew about the field. So we had people going, what do you do? And I'm, I tell them I'm a strategy consultant. And they're like, what's that? What, what do they do that? <laughs> what do you people do? So I, 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 over time, I found out that I had to raise other people that would be in my field of consulting in Africa. So the best way to go about that was to build a league. So I built the league and we started training a lot of strategists and we started deploying most of them to um, platforms and institutions to make sure that you know, they're giving results in those, place, in those places. So that's how we started the League of African Strategists. And um, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a, a plan for me to make it bigger this year. So this year we reached out to some international partners and we made it bigger than it was for the past three years. And uh, right now, we, we are about to take in you to see that we've expanded this much and reaching out to the international community now. We're getting facilitators, we're getting, uh, we're getting mentors, we're getting people that can come on board and uh, just talk about strategy, how we can do businesses together and see how we can grow brands in Africa. So that's how it's been for me. And I want to give the people a warning because of COVID, you know, um, Zoom and all these platforms have, you know, streaming issues. So if you hear just a slight delay, you stay tuned because you're going to get some good game. I hear you loud and clear. I want to know, though, you know, how did you get to the title of consultant? Because it's not like you just graduate uni and it's like, oh, I'm a consultant. Um, how did you get to that title? Okay, uh, before I got into the university, I... I used to reach out to platforms, to companies. I actually reached out to 7up bottling company. 7up uh, is, is an international brand. A lot of, that's Pepsi. A lot of, a lot of people should know about 7up and Pepsi. So I reached out to them uh, when I was done with my, we call it secondary school over here. That's what we call it. And uh, that's like uh, senior high for, for you guys out there. And pieces of information I had, I gave them sketches of the ads I want to run for them and they called me on board. They gave me jobs, you know, they, they, gave me, they gave me the gig actually to start doing that. And I was quite young. I was quite young. I didn't know that was consulting. I just felt like I had ideas to make the brand better in Nigeria. So I had to reach out to them. So having done that, uh, when, when I now got into school, studied mass communication, brand communication and all that, and I got to understand that I really don't want to get to work with someone. Like, I don't want to work, I, want to, I don't want to be an employee. I prefer to be an employer of labor so I could employ other people and get to work with them. And the best way for me to go about that was for me to become a consultant so I can work with different brands, not just one particular brand. So 
I had to now go for trainings. I had to go for trainings. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a place we call Lagos. It's like the financial capital of Nigeria. It's not the capital of Nigeria, but we call it the, cap the financial capital of Nigeria. So I went to Lagos and I went through other trainings by other consultants. I had to do that because if you want to be endorsed for something, you need to go to the experts. The experts have to show you the way. So I had to work under some consultants in Africa. And then um, after some time, I knew I could now run my own firm. So I had to now start running my own firm as a consultant. And um, I have a lot of people under me right now also training to be consultants, while some of them are already running their consultancy agencies, uh, which uh, I, I helped them do that through my coaching programs as well. So uh, being a consultant, I didn't just come out of school and start being a consultant. I had to practice this for a while. I had to work under other consultants in Africa. I had to uh, read up a lot. I had to... Uh, attend online on, online classes online courses and after that i knew i was ready to consult for other people now consultancy is about giving results it's not about having the title as a consultant and you can't give results to your clients so having seen that i've been giving results and meeting the targets of my clients it made me realize that oh i can do this at, at the bigger scale I can, I can i can put a tag to myself and start running this like i should but i didn't need a certificate for that my certificate was the results I could give to, my, to the brands I consulted for. So that's how I, I, I got the tag. And most of them, they were already telling me, Philip, you're my consultant. Whatever I have to do with my business, whatever I have to do with my brand, I'll always come to you because you're my consultant. So uh, before I had that name on me, uh, I had already functioned in that. I had already, um, like I said, worked under other people as well uh, before I could really come out as a consultant, a brand consultant. What about how much money a year do you spend and conferences and continuing your education. USD about five thousand USD, around five thousand USD roughly. That's an annually. I I host a lot of trainings. I I also get to attend a lot as well because I believe aside from training people, you need to also be trained yourself. So there's always new new things to learn in strategy. I reach out to uh, their programs and I have to pay for that most times. Uh, for my own trainings as well, people pay for it as well. So uh, aside from the fact that you spend money to get this done, we also make money from it as well. I hope that answers your question. No, it answers my question. And I like people to know that because, you know, when you're at your level of consulting, it's not the cheapest option. Hello? And I tell, yes. Because I tell people, you know, there's conferences that I want to go to. Um, and, you know, I've one particular is about the future. And that conference alone was $15,000. And I said, whoa, my annual budget is like 10. So I'm going to have to save up some money to be able to go to that conference. Because yeah. but I said, what could you learn at a conference that's $15,000? <laughs> I said, I, I got I to get there. And now COVID's happened. We'll see if they, you know, the next time they have this particular conference, but I, I, that's why people have to pay you your rates because you're learning yeah. things that would take yeah. them 10 years or longer. True, true, that's true. Yes, so, so what is, tell the people, cause I really want folks to say, wow, besides your suits and, and the, the custom-made <laughs> you have. I, um, tell the people like your expertise, where, like, can, does it range or do you just stay in one lane? Yeah, we actually have ranges, but it depends on what we're doing for the brand. You know, there's some brands that want you to uh, work with them, you know, from the scratch. And the people that already put up their brand and they just want you to help improve uh, certain aspects of their brand. So it depends on um, uh, what is going to be done for whatever brand we're working for. 
But if you if you, if you asking me about uh, what I spend in a year when it comes to getting knowledge and also um, uh, hosting the trainings and everything, I already mentioned uh, between five thousand and ten thousand dollars. Yeah, that's what we that's what we put in. You know, and um, I I can relate to what you said. You know, about paying uh, something that is as much as, uh, an amount that is as much as your your annual budget for 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 just a program. I I, I can relate with that because. Uh, uh, you find out that most platforms that can really teach you these things, they come at a price, like they're, they're very pricey. And most times when we get this knowledge and we, aside from the fact that they give you this knowledge, definitely as a consultant, you should know how to go about uh, handling certain things without relying totally on what knowledge you get out there. You know, that's actually what makes you uh, a, a McCoy. That's what makes you uh, the real deal, you understand? So um, aside from the fact that we, we, attend this, we, we spend this much, to get this knowledge and all that, I, I believe in the strength of research. I believe in the strength of research. So most times we spend more money doing business research, even away from just getting training alone. Because training is someone presenting facts from the research or from the knowledge a person has to you. Or research is all going behind the scene to get these facts and to get this knowledge so we can apply it to what we do as a business to better brands. You understand? So I spend even more on uh, research, getting information, uh, getting the right people to work with me, you know, to, to, to provide what I need, you know, uh, to run as a consultant. Because uh, you know very well that uh, consultancy runs on intelligence. It's what the consultant knows that the, 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 uh, the, the client doesn't know that makes the difference. So if whatever the client knows is higher than what the consultant knows, then the consultant should be taking lessons from the client. So we try as much as possible to make sure we are always a step ahead of the client. And beyond just going for trainings alone, like I said, we do a lot of research. We, we, we get to understand your market. We get to understand what works and what doesn't work. So by the time we give you solutions, you know it's on point. So I spend way more on research and uh, uh, funding my team, you know, even more than uh, getting trainings. Now, tell me this, because in the States, we find especially, and I don't know if you have the same issues, but especially black people, um, when we're consultants, they sometimes want to put us in a box or they some certain people, and it's usually other black people, will think that your price should be lower. I don't have that issue with white counterparts. We actually, you know, our white clients who, who pay us checks, they pay us because they, they know how we do business. But for my own people, it's like, you're that much a month and there's, you know, no guarantee. I said, well, there is kind of a guarantee because I want to get your money the next month. And so I'm going to work hard to do what I said on this piece of paper or on this agreement. But do you get that being a young, you know, a vibrant entrepreneur where people haggle you about your price or try to haggle you about your price? Yeah, you know, it's almost the same thing down here. You know, I, I, I belong to a tribe, like, so people from my tribe, I found out that most of them are always saying I am pricey, that I'm, uh, I'm picky when it comes to clients. Uh, I do that because I try to filter. I try to filter out who's serious and who's not. And after I do that filter, I try to find out who can pay me and who can't pay me. So I don't, I don't want to waste my time, you know, uh, backing, the wrong, backing up the wrong three, uh, talking to someone that I know with at the end of the day uh, can't afford my services or without my services. So I try as much as possible to make sure I have something in place that knows who's for real and who's, who's just coming to get information or who's not going to be serious after I, I make a presentation. 
You understand? So I found out that most people from my tribe, uh, they are not always, you know, open to engaging my services because they feel I'm too pricey. They feel they know me, you know, just like what you'll be experiencing right now, you know, being a black in America, you know, people from, uh, people, people of, your, of our race, you know, the blacks, they will always feel like, ah, you should be cheaper. You know, they, they may want to pay the, the Caucasians more uh, because they feel, I don't know, I don't know what their ideology is, but I noticed that as well down in Africa, that people from my place, people from my, my states, uh, they tend to uh, want to look over or expect you to charge lesser than people in other cities, consultants in other cities. You understand? So one of the things that I did was I go to the cities that they get their consultants from and I consult for people in those cities because people in those cities, they pay more. So I, I take my game down to them and I offer my services. I, I, I have a lot of portfolios in uh, like, there's a city we call Lagos. That's like one of the top cities in, in, in Africa, not just Nigeria. And most of my clients are from that city because they pay a lot of money when it comes to consultancy. They appreciate what you do more. So I get my clients mostly from those cities. I don't bother about breaking even with people from my tribe because I know that uh, most of them will price me down. Now, I've had good clients from there, from people that paid millions. They paid a lot of money and it was awesome. But just to make sure I'm, I'm up on my game and I'm not um, getting all uh, the negative feedback from the wrong set of people, I try as much as possible to focus on a particular set of people that I know will pay me more, which are more people, for, uh, people from outside my tribe. So I consult more for people outside my tribe and I'm fine with it because I don't want to go through the, the, the stress of trying to see someone, you know, uh, hustle down my price and try to make me uh, charge lower than I, should, I would want to charge. Uh, because the trick is, if you, if you charge less than you should charge, it becomes a problem because by the time you're running whatever you, you're trying to execute and the money is not enough to run it, you have to start using your own money to run it. And every consultant knows it's very important that we get paid enough to be comfortable while handling a project. So if we start coming down just because you're from my tribe and I want to charge you less because I want to have people from my tribe, then at the, in the long run, I might end up being a broke consultant because I might just take all the money that you, the cheap money you pay me uh, to just run your, execute your, pro your, your, your project or your target and that's it. So uh, for my strategy, what I do is I reach out to the people that can pay I don't care about uh, your race. I don't care about where you're from. I just go for the clients that I know can pay because the less drama I have, the better, more, the better for me and the more money I have you know, from people that are rich and available to, to, uh, to make that payment. And, and I don't know if you've ever read any uh, books by Alan Weiss. Here in the States, he's, one, he's the king consultant. We've had him as a guest. And if you haven't read his books, I will send you one via Audible that you, you can read, but he talks about in all of his books and no one's written more books on consulting than, than um, Alan. He talks about mm -hmm. how they are paying you for your smarts. That's mm -hmm. what they're paying you for. The, if you want me yeah. to you know, put it together and I have to find then all the teams, there, there are other, you know, there's a starting rate and then there's you're getting the best of me so I can pay people so yeah. I can more time into you and folks have to understand that the same way they do at their job now and i it's yeah. so refreshing to hear you say that you deal with the same problem so far away but it's the same issue it's the same thing it's the same field we're in so we, we, we tend to have it's human beings we're dealing with but they tend to have that uh, that mindset 
you know. So I, I like what Alan is doing. That's how that's how I operate as well. I tell you, I have a cheaper package for you, and I make that cheaper package look less than what I could give you at a higher price. So most times, most people just end up going for the higher ones because they feel like, Philip, you're not going to give me all your time. They're not going to give me the best in this. So why don't I just go for the higher one? Can I pay you twice? Yeah, if the bill is big, I can tell you pay me twice, but I need 70% upfront so you can give me the 30% later. So the 70% takes care of the job and also makes me comfortable to work on your project with you or to meet your targets for you. Now, let, let's have a, a learning session for all those new consultants, because I have ways where I, I can just cut people, you know, people say, hey, what's, they want to talk about their project all day. And I say, don't have all day to listen to that. And I say it very politely, but I will send them over either a capability statement or a scope of work. So they can see what we're capable and what we've done. And then they can also see in that what the price can be in one of those documents. So they can know if they want to continue on, if they even have the money. Do you have any tips to help people not get into those hour long conversations before people even know what you charge? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you're living in a world that is a, uh very automated right now. We have uh, automation bots that we can use on, on Facebook uh, Messenger. We also have even autoresponders on, on, on WhatsApp and other platforms. So uh, one of the things I tell every consultant is uh, you need to sit down and know what you're offering. You need to sit down, uh, break all of that down into packages. Now, uh, to save you time from talking to every client out there, if you have all of this written out, you know, you have a design that you can just show them or you have a website that you can always send them a link then that would be so awesome but aside from that you can you can set up chatbots you can set up chatbots so the chatbots just get to do the job like they get to talk to this client give them prompts and they, uh, they, 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 uh, whatever clients uh, the chatbots let you know is serious you follow up on those ones but I know there are always going to be clients that will come directly to you they don't want to touch with the bot so they want to talk to you directly so it's always good to have your packages handy you know you could, you could have like um, a PDF of it you could have like a link you know to your website so once you send it to them, it, it saves me a lot of time. When I listen to you tell me what your problem is or what, you, what you're trying to achieve, uh, I just know what package to go for, to do to present to you. So I go in there, I copy it and paste in, in, in the chats that we're having and you just read through. But I make sure I listen to what you know, uh, your problem is first or what you're trying to achieve. Because uh, most of them feel like uh, you, may, you may have this disconnect if you, if you are too mechanical. And if you also try to brush them off too soon, uh, you may lose them. So I try to let them talk. I let them talk. After the talk, uh, I make it. I make them know I'm listening. Then after that, I just tell them, okay, this is this this these are the ways I'm going to help you. I'm going to draw on brand clarity for you. I'm going to run uh, brand different whatever it is your target is. I'll just give you three key things I'm going to do. But I tell you, this is how I'm going to run it. I just paste what I have already written, either through PDF or uh, a copy and paste. Uh, uh, information or my website link i just send it to them so once they go through it and they tell me okay we can proceed and i'll tell them okay i'm, I'm going to send you a proposal pay up front 70 percent i'll send you a proposal once i send you the proposal the proposal carries uh, the budget it carries um the cost of everything uh, will be running for them and once they agree to that you know it, it simplifies the process for me so i will tell every consultant uh, please look at what you're offering if you know these are the key things you're offering to uh, different clients, uh, have them written out somewhere. You can make a PDF of it. You can have a link 
think of it or you could just copy the whole text and just you know save them i have a keypad that saves uh copied items so i just i just save them so once i'm having a conversation with a client uh, let me put you in the place now if you're having a conversation with a client don't rush to send your packages to them don't be in a haste to do that. Please listen to them first. Get to understand their problems. Even if you know at the end of the day you're still going to send them the same thing you want to send them, uh, let's say, 10 minutes ago, but just give them time to talk. Give them time to talk. So once they talk, you know, uh, there's this thing that comes, like, after you talk, like, there's this exor just, uh, exhortation that comes. So you, after you let them experience that, you can all tell them, okay, now I get your problem. Now this is the solution I have for you. So you just simply copy-paste or, uh, like I said, send a PDF or send a link and let them do the you know uh, the perusal of the, the document or whatever you send let them go through it once they are done with it you know they now tell you this is the package i'm going for uh if they get to the point that after going through the document they, they still want to talk uh you should be open to them you should listen to them so you get to understand what peculiar needs they have for their brands and if you could customize your packages to fit into what they want you know because at the end of the day what you're trying to do is to give them solution and I believe that one size doesn't fit all. Every brand that comes to you, every company that comes to you, they may not have the same problems that you're trying to solve for every other, every other client. So theirs might be peculiar. So you, that's why you need to actually listen to them. You need to listen to them talk. So you know, if this is something that uh, is within your package, I do that a lot. If all you're telling me is not what I've like I quickly make some edits. I make some edits to find something within that package that if you this solves my problem, you know. So my tip out there for consultants is uh, make sure you listen to your clients or your potential or your prospective clients. Listen to them, and in as much as you have your documents, you know whatever it is you, you've kept as your packages you want to present to them, try to infuse you know one or two or three four things that they tell you from uh, you know the briefing they're giving you into that proposal you're going to send to them. So by the time they see that, they'll feel like, oh, my solution is in this package or this other package that you're offering me. So you can take the conversation from there. Now, do you ever do this when people do come with a lowball offer and maybe you really like the business? I've done this only yeah. maybe a, a handful or so, no more than a handful of times. And, and I'm talking about in making an offer to say, well, since you don't have the money, we would then need to be business partners giving me ownership. And I've maybe had even less than a handful agree to that. Have you ever done that or been, you know, tempted to do that? <laughs> tempted. I actually, I'm actually on a project right now. I'm building a brand with someone and that's what she offered. She offered, she offered me 10% of the business. And um, being a, a consultant, I knew it's a, it's, a, it's a fair deal, it's a fair deal, but I felt like I needed more. So I spoke with her and I told her, you know, I need something more. So she gave me 20% of the business. Yeah, and I, the, the beautiful thing, the, the way I go about that, the, the beautiful thing about it is that I get a percentage, fine, that's lovely. But when it comes to executing the tax that we need, you know, to execute for your brand, for your project, you still have to pay for them. You still have to pay for them. So yes, not I, I, I love it. For, for decades, I've been telling my team and people I know, if you're going to do it for that low, you are actually paying for their business. So you should reap the benefits when it wins. Um, yeah. You know, it, it only may, it only makes sense 
What is your goal with the um, African League of Strategists? Is it just to be in tune where you can grab people from every country? Um, or is it, you know, is it bigger? You know, what, what's the goal? Yeah, it's bigger. You see, um, we've been running branding in Africa for some time now. And um, while we're trying to relaunch the, the League of African Strategists, I came to understand that, you know, we have a lot of big brands uh, from the U.S., we have a lot of big brands from the UK. We have them all over Africa and in every other part of the world. And that's like really cool. You know, the Chevrolets, you know, all the top brands you could think of. They are, they are global brands. We've come to accept them as global brands. But do we really have Africa brands that are global? Do you have brands over there in the States that people are using and say, oh, this is from Africa? Do they, have, do they trust the staff? And that, that we, we could give to them out there. Do they trust our brands? We, we don't own Facebook. We don't own Zoom. We don't really have platforms that we've built in Africa that we could say, uh, this is being used uh, worldwide. It's not just used by Africans alone. It's being used across the globe. So these, these things really bothered me because looking at all the P, P, uh, the Procter & Gamble, looking at all those platforms while we're uh, working on our rebranding, just made me you know, get to this point. I felt like, why don't we start building African brands? I know it's a very big, uh, uh, lofty uh, idea, but we can, we can get that done. You can have an African brand, you know, that is being used in the U.S., used in the U.K., uh, used in Asia, used in other parts of the country, uh, sorry, parts of the globe. So I, I tax my team, like, we need to reposition our platform. Besides training people to be experts, to be, you know, to build brands and do all those beautiful things that they could do within Africa, why don't we have something that could, you know, appeal to the globe just beyond Africa, beyond the shores of Africa. So we repositioned LOAS as the League of African Strategists to start working with people, brands and experts that are ready to you know, uh, imbibe the right, uh, the, the right strategies to build global brands. That let's say in the next five years, 10 years, we should be able to export brands from Africa that you know, the globe can use, you know, that, that can be relevant in Africa and be relevant in other continents of the world. So uh, for the League of African Strategies, what we're trying to achieve is to build global African brands. And that's what our focus is. So the training that we train uh, and all of that, all we're doing is the, old, the, whole, the whole thing we're trying to achieve is to see how we can have 5, 10, 15, 20 strong African brands that we can put out there to the globe. And uh, uh, you guys out there get to experience it. People in different parts of the world get to experience it. And they know that the standard is uh, good enough. You know. No, no. The standard, the, the standard, it can be excellent because, and I'm going to tell you, and I've talked about this in, in another show with an Ethiopian. And if you have any Ethiopian consultants, let's take a brand like Habasha beer which is an excellent beer. When you're in Ethiopia, you can get it on the plane going to Ethiopian Airlines. You can get it everywhere you go. But when you come to the States, I have yet to be able to find folks. And I ask the Ethiopians and they say, oh, how you know about that beer? And I say, man, I, I, don't worry. I know about the beer, right? I, they say, <laughs> we can't get the beer in the States. My, I have a guy in the UK who says he's been able to get um, some African beers out of Kenya. He's Ethiopian too, but he said the problem is the consistency. And I don't think that is really a problem. I think the right person is not on it because shipping is shipping. 
and we and so you and I can talk off air about if there's any people that you know in Ethiopia because I was right there at their headquarters and I'm kicking myself not going inside when I was in Addis because from Addis to Mekele I was enjoying that beer and I I oh, think wow. it's, it's it's a great beer but you know the products well, you're talking and and that's not a product that is gonna the u.s is gonna stop being imported they may tax it higher but what i always wanted to get was african dirt um my wife is from cameroon my roots go back to cameroon nigeria and i wanted to get african dirt my friend you know that you cannot bring in dirt into the country from africa or at least from cameroon to the states and and so so they know what they're doing I know that. Yeah. 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 Well, so, um, I, I believe um, if if we don't step up to the plate, if we don't start uh, having this uh, thing, these in mind, developing strategies that will that, that will actually uh, break that jinx, then it will never get done. We'll just get satisfied with having the products and the platforms and all of that within Africa, uh, without really looking out uh, to the global markets. Yes, and, and we and you need that global market. So I, I'm excited to hear that those are the plans. So many. So if not, Africa becomes the dumping ground for you know a lot of the Chinese goods, the U.S. secondhand goods, and it's like no, Africa has it. I know people creating in Africa, and their stuff should yeah. be here. Um, yeah. 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 So I, I I love it. And what is your what is your opinion? Um, we have Amazon here. I invest, you know, just stock-wise in Jumia. Um, what, is your, what do you think? Is Jumia going to, you know, do a turnaround or is there another player on their heels? You know, we, we, we do have um, a lot of African players, you know, coming into uh, what Jumia is uh, in as much as when, uh, when, when they started out, we, we had most of them, you know, uh, starting up as well. And uh, they've, they've seen the blueprint, they've seen what Jumia is doing, and they're doing very well right now. We have platforms that have come up, we have a couple of them. I, I may not have to mention names uh, for the sake of directly endorsing these guys. <laughs> but um, we have a lot of platforms that are, uh, they're, they're doing very well. They're, they're offering the same service uh, Jumia is offering, and they're, you know, they're, they're really, really uh, making it big as well. But uh, there's a shift. I don't, know, I don't know if it's happening in the States as well. But there's a shift in Asia. There's also a shift in Africa as well that I've also seen. Uh, is a shift to social selling. Yeah, social selling is what's in vogue now. So most people don't even want to go to Jumia to order online. They just reach out to the next person doing social selling and they get whatever they want to get. Now, uh, a social seller is just someone that uses his or her social media platforms to sell to his or her friends and have his friends or her friends refer people to him or her. So that's how social uh, selling works. And it works so well in Asia, especially in India. It's, it's been doing very well. And in Africa, it's been kicking up, like, especially with this, um, the pandemic, the whole COVID-19 uh, lockdown pandemic, it has made a lot of people sell uh, uh, through the social media directly to uh, these consumers. And most of them are just their friends. So it's, you see friends buying from friends and just keep referring, oh, I got this from this friend and it was so cool. You guys should uh, follow up on Facebook, you know, chat up on Instagram or, or chat up on, on WhatsApp, you know. And the social selling just goes on there. People are having fun online and doing all of that, but they're selling uh, products from their own accounts. Like I know a lot of platform, a lot of persons on Facebook that make 
millions from just selling items online. Now, these are not uh, stores like, uh, uh, like Jumia. These are not uh, brick and mortar stores as well. They, they, they're actually just selling from their homes. So the order for these things, like the face shields and the, uh, the face masks that a lot of people are buying now, I know entrepreneurs that actually sold it from their homes. So you place your order, they send dispatch guys to bring it to you. They don't even leave the house. <laughs> they don't leave the house. They send these dispatch guys to you, they bring it to you. And those are actually the guys that are competition for Junior right now, the likes of Junior. Those are the guys that are the competitors, the social sellers. Those are the guys that are in the game right now, and they're making mad sales from what they're offering. It, it gives a new definition where it used to be some people in the States here would use derogatory term when they would say, so my friend, you want to turn me into a buy them, sell them. And now buy them, sell them can, can make you, you know, money when you don't have a job. So, yes. Yeah, it's, it's happening worldwide and I'm, I'm loving it. And what I see is people are able to monetize their life, whatever life and whatever they're into, they can find a way to make money off that, which I, I just believe in entrepreneurship yeah. all the way. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But talking about that and, and people selling things. I'm surprised you don't have a clothing line. So can we talk about the clothes? And, you know, maybe you have a line and I don't know about it, but you stay stylish. So give me the background on that. Okay. Uh, while I was in school, way back when I was in the university, I, I wanted to have a clothing line. I worked on it for some time. And uh, I, I had a magazine when I was in school. I had a newspaper as well. So I used my platform to publicize uh, those those um, those items. I also had a fashion show when I was in school as well. I had a uh, we called it the Nigerian Campus Fashion Show. We had it in different cities. We had models from uh, models from schools. We had designers from you know all around Africa coming to showcase you know their products. So it made me love fashion a lot. And uh, to be honest with you, I've been thinking of going back into fashion. I've been thinking of having a clothing line. And uh, I, I was laughing because when you said that, I was like, oh, you just, you just got <laughs> into me and thought that I have dreams for this. Yeah, I, I, I intend to run uh, a casual, uh, you know, a hip uh, clothing brand. Uh, I've been working on it for some time now. And um, once the time is set, uh, when we have uh, the machines we need, we're going to roll out and start selling. And uh, one of the things, one of the ways I've been looking at selling quickly is uh, through social selling. So uh, uh, we are currently building a platform that is going to have um, social sellers from across Africa. So it will be easy for us to sell across Africa. And I'm also looking forward to um, uh, the globe as well. So uh, we can actually sell something. You know, the internet has made a lot of things very easy for us. And we want to leave bridge on uh, technology to ensure that uh, we achieve the best we can. So uh, the, the, the clothing brand, uh, the, the platform I want to come up with, is going to leverage on technology a lot. So uh, right now we're on the studying. We are seeing, uh, we're looking at how, how best to go about this. I know uh, Amazon and uh, some platforms, they, you can send designs to them and they print and deliver anywhere in the world. Uh, I'm looking at how we can have a, you know, such, uh, such um, a deal with other, other people that brand you know, in other climes. So it will be easy for us. So right now we're working on a business model. And uh, once it's set, once it's good, definitely I'm going to call you up and I'll let you know that this is ready. Uh, this is what I told you about in the interview and we are ready to run it. So I'll, I'm definitely going to uh, hit you up on that. No, definitely. I, I love it. Um, here in the States, and, and I don't know if you've been able to see this 
on online because it's in very select markets like Seattle and California in New York. Um, people have mm. used white mzungu. I call them mzungu, like they do in Swahili, right? Um, people okay. to model the African clothing. And I know many non-Black people who like the African clothing and they'll say, mm. oh, I'm from Fiji, but I'm wearing this because this is very similar because at the end of the day, we're all God's people and one thing comes from another yeah, yeah. that comes from another. So I, yeah. I the, the African fashion revolution hasn't even blown up like it's going to. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm excited a, a, about what's going to happen. And that's why we invest in Africa, because I want to be in Africa and have everybody here doing their job. But it, it's so rich. And I don't know how many African countries you've been to, but let the let the people know how many African countries you've been to. I know Nigeria probably would be number one. You can't be a uh, Niger. <laughs> now, now, the thing is, I, I leave region technology a lot. Mm. I leave region technology a lot. Like I, I, I don't joke with technology. I don't I don't joke with the social media. So my presence is filled, felt even when I'm not in that country. I do run trainings with people in that state. I have clients in different African countries. So I may not physically be present in that country, but people know me. I have team members, I have clients, I have uh, associates, I have partners in different African countries, a lot of African countries. And um, you know, with, 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 uh, with the advent of the social media, you know, when it started, we, we thought it was just a joke. It was just a fun connected a few people and a few people outside our country. But uh, over time, we've come to realize that this is actually uh, making the world a global village. This, this has actually made, uh, uh, brought every other country you would like to go to right into your room. So you can actually do business. Uh, wire transfers will go on without you even stepping into a bank in that country. They'll send money to you, you know, through different payment platforms online. So uh, I leverage on that. I didn't want to limit myself to just a country I could get to in Africa. I had to leverage on the use of technology to make sure I had people from all over Africa that uh, literally we feel like we are talking, like we'll be meeting. I've had friends for over 10 years. I've had friends from over seven years that we are so close. You would think we've met ourselves, but we've not. We've not. So uh, I wanted to erase that, the limit that um, the physical distance could bring on us. So I had to leverage a lot on technology. That's why uh, most people on, on my platform that from different African countries, and they have this burning zeal for what we do because we've been able to use technology to bring ourselves closer, you know, through interactions, through chats, through video calls, through um, uh, online uh, project collaborations. You know, you can literally see someone online working on something with you. You can just transfer files to the person and get a lot of things done. You know, I, 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 I execute strategies in Zambia, I execute strategies in Kenya. Uh, good strategies in Namibia, you know, different African countries, about, about um, 16 African countries. And most of them have not physically been in those places. But you could go in there and they'll tell you, Philip has family here. Philip has clients here. Philip has friends here. Because uh, with the use of technology, it's been easy for us to, you know, um, to, to, to connect with these people and to achieve a lot together. So uh, for that question, I would tell people, please don't limit yourself to your physical location. Don't do that. If you do that, then you are living in an old world. We are out of that old world. We don't need to take flights to go to this place or that place. You can actually literally connect with people, get clients, get friends, get family, and even get a spouse. You can get a spouse from other African countries <laughs> and wherever you are. I have friends in the Philippines. I have friends in, uh, I have a lot of friends in Asia. 
have a lot of friends in Asia, and most of them, some of them have been to Nigeria. Uh, most of them have not been into Nigeria, but we are so close. Uh, we, we, we achieve a lot together, and it's almost as if we live in the same city, we live in the same country, we live in the same climate. You know, so I, I always tell everyone out there, tourism has gone beyond just uh, boarding a flight and going to the next country. You can board whatever social media platform you want to leverage and achieve a lot with whoever you want to achieve that with in any part of the world. Now, how I could already hear somebody say, well, that sounds good, but how do I meet these people? And the easy answer is to say LinkedIn or Facebook groups. But have you found anything that maybe sometimes you're always preaching and teaching about that people, you know, they they neglect? And you say, go here to find people from all over the world who do what you do. Are there any hidden groups that you found? Yeah, uh, for me, uh, I think... It matters what your, your social media platform says about you. And that's up to you, to, you know, to, to position yourself online in a way that people will look at you and be like, I, I, I want to talk to this person. I want to be close to this person. I know this person knows what he's doing or she's doing. And I notice that most people don't take time to build their, 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 their profiles online. You know, you, you, you Google a name and you don't get any such results. And this person is supposed to be doing business with you. And that's a problem. Now, you go to the person's Facebook uh, profile and you find out that just a few pictures of some cats and maybe some food and all that. And it's not looking very serious. Now, most people will not, will not connect with you when they don't trust you. And one thing that builds trust is your profile. If your profile looks rich, looks genuine, and you have a lot of good content out there you, you've been putting out over time, because people are going to go through your newsfeed, they're going to go through you know, your, your timeline to see what you've been doing, if you've been doing it for some years now, or you're just jumping into this, uh, onto the next, and all of that. So when people see proof of what you're doing, uh, like me, you can find events, like my pictures of me, uh, pictures of me talking, talking at events. You can find pictures of me training people. You can find pictures of me uh, in different activities in Africa. You can find pictures of me, you know, everywhere. You can, you, you can verify that this guy is, is for real. This is someone that is living what he's, been, he's positioned himself, he's himself as, you know. So I tell people, one of the reasons that you may not have a lot of people connecting with you online is because of how you look online. You may not look serious online, so people will not come to you with serious deals. People will not come. You are the real deal. Then they will definitely come to you. And being the real deal is up to you. It's how you present yourself online. You need to go out. You need to go back and look at your 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 LinkedIn profile. Look at your Facebook profile. Look at your Twitter profile. Look at your IG account and see how you can make yourself look more real and also reflect what it is you position yourself as and, and what you're proposing to people that you do. Because if they look at all that and it doesn't correlate, then no matter how hard you try to connect, then it's not going to work. So for me, what I found out was work on your profile, build your, uh, your, your, your online uh, uh, footprint, like uh, have blog articles that you've written on some top platforms. Uh, we, we know that Medium is free, so you can always go on Medium and, and create a, an article and put a picture and put it out there. People should have links to your social media uh, uh, footprint. People should be able to just keep your name on Google and find much about you. And like I said, people should be able to come to your social media platforms and find out that this guy is what he says he is. They should see pictures. They should see proof. They should see trainings you've hosted. They should see all of that. I connect with a lot of people from across the world. And one of the things I do is go to their profile to see if they are for real. And I also try to see if they have uh, trainings that they've hosted 
because these days you know you can you can host a training on facebook you know with the new facebook rooms that just came on board the messenger rooms it's it's one of the the, the most uh, awesome things that have happened on facebook lately you know and in as much as they're still working on it to make it better uh, we can still leverage on those things you know i i i think sometime early last year or so i started building video courses online through facebook groups so i have a lot of courses on facebook you know that if someone wants to know more about me, about what uh, I do, or how to learn one or two things about brand consulting or uh, about bettering their brands, personal branding and all of that, I can just give them a link and they join the group. So when you have such uh, 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 content online, it's easy for someone to easily trust you. It's easy for someone to sign a deal with you. It's easy for someone to, to pay you that money that you need to, to work on their brands or any of that. But if you don't have all of that going on, then uh, like I said, if you have just pictures of cats, on your profile, then it's not going to work for you. Uh, you'll be trying to be so you, you'll be trying to put yourself as serious, but they will never see you as someone that is serious. So that's my tip for everyone out there: work on your 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 social, uh, your, sorry, your, your your digital footprint. That's what we call it. Uh, look at the social media handles. Look at uh, what your name, what one comes up when people call your name, and the way to fix that is to just write on blogs, uh, get interviewed online, uh, be on, send guest posts to different uh, you know, platforms so you can, you can have something on your name when people want to search on you. So, so true. And, and you can look at Phillips and, and only bug him if you have real business. Sometimes people will look at um, what I am saying um, and then they'll look at the online platform. It depends which one they look at. But people say, Kelly... Yeah. You have a style of your own. I say, I am in a whole different zone. I might not be the person you want to follow because I'm in a different lane, but I've put in almost 20 years of work of doing this and I've done it well. And it wasn't easy, but it was all natural to me. And that I can yeah. go to, uh, when I do go to my, when I go out, I'm at home now, but when I step out, I'm always dressed in something is custom if I'm wearing it. And whether it's a suit or my African wear, I'm being me and authentic to me. But when I meet millionaires and billionaires, the one thing that I've noticed is they have nothing to prove. And they can come in this I am an African Union shirt and they can have locks if their hair would lock. You know, only six of them in the States are billionaires. But it, it also lets me know at what level are you at? Because when I go to swanky events, and I'm, you know, just me, I'm always better suited than if I'm trying to be someone else and, you know, mm. putting on airs. And, and, and I think people see the confidence in that. So I never, I never even think about it. Um, I'm me. Do you want the services or not? This is what we've done. Everybody mm -hmm. goes to the same. Here's our scope of work. Here's our capability statement. Let me know if we can do business. If not, guess what? I got business. Thank God. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's all it's all good. Plus, I like owning and having other businesses as well. So we have other things going on that I don't even talk about. But I, I, tell me this, with all your success, what is your community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the things I do, like most of the trainings we, we organize down here, most of the trainings I, I, I do, most people say it's very um, it's expensive for them. So I found out that most people can't afford it. Yeah. So for every training I do, I usually have three slots or five slots, three. Depends on the number of people I need in. 
So I usually have, if, I, if I'm expecting 50 people, I can have like five slots that will be free. But I wouldn't just take just anybody into that. I, will, I have to look at who is really uh, interested in this, who has uh, the, the ability or the capability to take whatever knowledge he or she gets from what I train, you know, to build something fantastic. Uh, because I found out that uh, most young people around there are most people that would want to assess, you know, these trainings. They don't have the, 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 the funds. They don't have the money. To, they don't have the money at that time to assess them. So I try not to limit them. I try to make sure I, I take in five people or three people that are always coming free. So I just tell them you're sponsored by uh, myself or you're sponsored by Lois. So you know that you know, you're know you just uh, being privileged to have this training. So please take it very serious and whatever I give you, make sure uh, you use it properly. Because every training I host, I make sure I coach you for like three months to ensure you are implementing whatever you were taught. So I, I make sure my, 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 my sessions are very practical and I give the same uh, percentage of attention to the people that are paid uh, uh, to those that don't pay as well. Those are the people I, I, I bring in pro bono. Yeah, so I, I do that a lot. I also, um, I also partner with other organizations. I, I sponsor some, uh, some outreaches. I, I sponsor some uh, platforms uh, that wants to reach out to the society to help uh, people that are less privileged, uh, uh, people that are struggling with one thing or the other. And um, when it comes to the youth, the young people, I, I'm always available to speak to them. I'm always available to take up their brands pro bono. Yeah, when I see someone doing something that is amazing, that has a potential to get bigger, I get the funding for them. I get uh, the, the proper training they need. I get. I try to. I try to see how I could help them. Help them. You know, create something better than what they they, they may have initially. So I, I give back to society by uh, giving to platforms. I give, by, I give back by bringing people into my trainings pro bono. I also give back by building brands for people without charging them anything. You know, if I see you have the, the, the potentials to really be out there and, and do real good, but you don't have the money, I take you in. I do that from time to time just to make sure I give back to society. But why I'm doing this is not just because I, you know, I'm trying to meet up with a corporate social responsibility. That's not what it's about. I, I am someone that uh, while I was coming up in my profession, I, I had a lot of people just see me like, Philip, you have a lot of potential, just come in. Let me take you in, be on my platform. Uh, I'll pay you some money while you just, you know, engage your skills. The whole, the whole thing was to make me better at what I do and to give me that professional experience. So I, I got on so many platforms free. I got on so many platforms, you know, people just felt like, Philip, you, you're good at what you do. So let me just give you this privilege, you know, to, to work with me. So I got a lot of all that. And seeing that I got, you know, to where I am from such offers, you know, from such opportunities, I also want to create it for other people. You know, there's some top uh, consultants that took me in, you know, they put my name out there. When it comes to 10 people in Africa that you want to do business with, they just put my name in there. Like, Philip is one of the people you should go to, you know. So... Seeing people give me that leverage made me feel like I should also give leverage to other people. So most of the guys that have been with me for five years, a couple, couple of them are doing very well right now. I see how I can send clients their way to make sure that you know they keep they have the money coming in, and I also see how I can bring them on big projects so they can have a cut, a million, a million naira, you know, five hundred, half a million naira or so, just something that will make them comfortable. So because if they don't get these big deals, then they'll still be playing, you know, small. They'll still be playing in the in the, in the small ponds. So I bring them to the ocean from time to time. It's just my way of saying let me help other people because i was helped is also my way of helping other people because i know what it means to not have help you know so uh it's not just me doing a form of csro that's corporate social responsibility it's me reaching out to humanity and being a bridge for them to get to where they need to get to as much as i can with the resources i have 
And he said all that, folks, without even mentioning his book, the, the WOW Code. And I'm going to ask, how can people in the States or Europe, how can they get that book? Is it on Amazon yet? Or how can we get it on Amazon? Okay, yeah, we, we are going to have it on Amazon soon. We're going to have it on Amazon soon. I, we've always had uh, Africa as a focus uh, because we try to reach... We, I, we do have the ebook. Like I, I mailed them to some people in the States. I mailed it to some people in the UK as well, but it's not officially on Amazon yet. So uh, I'm working on a book right now because uh, I, there's, there's someone that came on my team and she told me she would like me to add a few things to the book because uh, she feels it can go beyond what you know we have currently. And I felt like, oh yeah, let me give it a shot because I like working with people. I like seeing how people, someone else can come into my idea and make it better. I'm used to being in other people's ideas. I'm used to being going to people and making their platforms and whatever they, it is they do better. But it felt refreshing to me when she came and told me, Philip, I have four, three, uh, you know, three, four, five angles to this. Can we just do it together? And she's offering to do it free to me, but I know I'm going to pay her, but she does what she said. So I, I... Hold on, Philip. I just got something. Because you're a single man, right? To come in. Uh, she's already in. She's on the team right now. She's working on it with me. Yes, I am. You're a single man. You might you have a wife on you might, pay, you might pay in bride price. You might pay in bride price. <laughs> <laughs> a woman who will come in and make you better like that. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm feeling a, it may be a, a different type of payment you've never paid before, brother. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can, I, I, I feel it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will tell you this. Yeah, I, I kid you not. Yeah. We, 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 you, and I just want the people to know if he was married in Nigeria legally, you can have more than one. So, uh, you know, I would not have been offending anybody um, as long as he signed the, the right paperwork, you know. But I, I want to know when that book is done because I'd love to just tell you I have a publishing company and I would love to just oh, awesome. show you how where to put it on amazon and also oh, wow. also a platform called ingram because if you put it on ingram the libraries here may buy it as well from here to canada oh, wow. to mexico worldwide so that's just a little free game that um I, I think that could really go well here because we have a lot of black people here besides nigerians besides africans but even black americans who want to learn more about africa and they're just coming into the awakening so bless that oh, book in jesus awesome. christ's name amen <laughs> amen <laughs> Thank you so much. That's that's amazing. That's uh, you're a man of the spirit. I can feel that. <laughs> yeah, don't you know, forget that bride price. price. Oh. Like, yeah, I was <laughs> considering it though. <laughs> I, I hope she doesn't want this though. <laughs> okay. Yeah, awesome, awesome. I also have other books coming up. Uh, she's also been on my case. She's been telling me to write a book on strategy management. I should write a book on my life. And um, I, I feel like um, at this point, I can write a book on my life uh, because I, I feel like I still have all the platforms, all the countries and all the experiences I want to have. And if I'm going to write, write a book on my life as a strategist, then it should have, you know, the whole line. It should have the whole thing. It should just be me talking about when I, I was in my uh, 30s and you know, any of that. I, I want to write a book about my life, let's say when I'm in, in my 50s or let's say when I'm 45 or something. 
No, I, I understand you know, that. I write a book, you know, I said, in my, my life. I said, you, you can have a part two, though, Philip, you know. Yeah, true, true. Okay, now you're, 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 you're on her side. I see that. Yeah, yes. Because me, I have two kids. I have a wife. And when I think about my life, my, I don't, you don't know when this life will end. It's God's plan. But let me do as much as he puts on me while I'm here. So like my, the great Miles Monroe would say, you know, the greatest ideas are in the graveyard type thing. I want to get it all out. So to some people, it may seem scatterbrained, but there's so much you can do in life. Let's get as much out as we can because we don't get to pick when we retire. Um, so, you know, yeah, I'm on, I'm on her side. This woman, I'm telling you, this woman is something else. I, I hope she hears this interview. Uh, and, and I hope not. She was just, oh, yeah. That's what she wants. She's been on my case, like, you know how you talk with someone, the person just brings it up again, like says it like three straight times, like, fill up your book, fill up your book. I'm like, how? Like, wait, let me just do this. <laughs> you know, this, this is the first time we're reaching out to the globe. You know, we've always been within Africa. This is the mm -hmm. first time I've reached out to uh, partners from across the world. You know, I, I have a, a couple of great guys, a couple of great strategies in America, you know, that are coming on board uh, the League of African Strategies. Because uh, one of the things we want to do is to just make sure we have uh, the right minds you know, is working on these global brands. Now, when it comes to joining LOAS, uh, the League of African Strategies, you don't join as an individual. You join, you join with your brand or you join with the skills you want to learn. That's, that's the criteria when it comes to joining uh, LOAS. So we try as much as possible to make sure that whoever is on the platform has a brand or an expertise or a skill that the person wants to grow. So we engage with the person based on those two things, either a brand or the skill you want to grow. You're not just a member of LOAS because your name is uh, whatever your name is. You're a member of LOAS because you have a brand you want to build that we believe can uh, reach uh, the globe. So you have to start with us. We have to reach out first to people that uh, we could partner with. So we have to reach out to brands that would be uh, willing to, uh, you know, strategists and consultants that would be willing to, to come on board. You know, like you, I would, I would like to extend, you know, uh, a hand to you to see how you can come on board, to see how you can take uh, some of our members on, you know, some sessions, section, sessions more like uh, related to your field, you know, and whatever you want to share with them, because the, the idea is to be global brands. We have a lot of uh, mentors, we have a lot of consultants, strategies from Africa already, part of us already doing all of that, but we want to have a global view. So we need to share ideas, you know, we need to look at uh, the things we can do together, how we can expand it better with that global view. So uh, regional, like, you know, you, you talked about the platforms that I can get my book on, just that knows one thing or the other that could you know, bring the difference. So contacts, I look out for uh, the right people we could connect with uh, in a way that uh, will make me benefit from you uh, while you also benefit from us as well. You know, because I believe it's always a two-way thing. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't just take, you also give up as well. You, have, you see how you can work together. And it, it works best when you, know, you have a, a mind space. A space you can say, this is where we share ideas, this is where we share strategies. Uh, you want to penetrate the African markets, uh, we know how to give you that. Whatever product, whatever brand you have, we can work as uh, a team, we can work as partners, we can work as facilitators for you to make sure you penetrate the African markets. You want to get um, uh, clients down here, we can also do that. We have some 
very rich Africans. Of course, uh, most of us know, know that you know we have a lot of rich Africans down here as well. You know, most people have this perception about Africa that it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it, we have people living in huts, we have people running around with elephants and all of that. But that's not the case. No, we have all, all the choice cars you can think of. We have we have yachts. We have a lot of luxuries down here. So we have such clientele as well, you know. And uh, we don't mind them getting, uh, you know, uh, consultants from across the world as well. It shouldn't just be from Africa alone. That's what Lowers offers, you know, as a platform. So I just said let me let me bring that in because I remember that I didn't talk uh, about that when you asked me about Lowers. So I had to keep that in. I'm there for the next meeting. I'm there for the next, the, the dealings. I love it because I want to have more of a, a foothold in Africa because we'll be relocating in the next five wow. years. And so wow. we'll do like a six months on, six months off. But once I get to Africa, I never want to leave ever, no matter what country I'm in. Uh, but we'll definitely want to talk about some things offline. I don't want to give the people a game overload. And there's something I want to tell you that um, folks, I may not want to tell you yet because this is, you know, going to be too much. And you'll say, wait, I didn't even know he was into that or into this. And it's all about Philip and what he can do. So all, his info will be in the description box. You guys can check out his website. You guys can check out his social media. Come connect like, share, subscribe. Philip, I thank you for coming on. We're going to take this offline, people. Game over. Thank you so much. It's been amazing being on the platform. Uh, everybody listening out there, it's, it's been an awesome time. Uh, my friend connected with me online. He's, we've been friends on Facebook for a long time, but it took uh, us to be launching a platform uh, for us to connect this way. Uh, so I want to put this out there for everyone out there. You know, you have to do something. Don't just say you're a consultant and focus on just your clients alone. You need to put out big projects. You need to work on things that are beyond just you, you know, for you to be able to connect with other people and to also achieve certain levels in your life. And uh, this, this, this part is very important. I don't joke with God. I don't know how other people take God over there in the States, but down here in Africa, we believe in God. We believe in Jesus Christ. You know, uh, most people say these religions came uh, from all the way from, from the, uh, you know, from foreign countries to us. But we have a close relationship with God and we know he's universal. He's uh, everywhere. The way you experience God in the States is how we experience God in Nigeria if you are connected with him. So I always tell every consultant out there, anybody out there building a career, don't take God out of the equation. See him as the supreme one. He's he, he's all over, you know, the globe. He's everywhere. He's it's everywhere you can think of. He's even out of the globe as well. So I tell every consultant, be in touch with God. My career wouldn't have been possible without having God. You know, at a point I was like a church boy. I was, you know, blogging gospel. I was sharing gospel music. I was I was hosting gospel concerts. I was doing all of that, and that was just at the brink of uh, the digital age. So most people were wondering, Philip, what are you doing with a gospel blog? You know, people are doing entertainment blogs, and you are doing a gospel blog. But at the end of the day, you found I found out that most of the skills I used to promote the gospel, I could now use them to promote brands and businesses and organizations. I've worked with a lot of people. I've worked with governments. I've worked with companies. I've worked with a lot of people. But trust me, it started when I brought myself down and became a church boy, you know, blogging for God. I did all of that. And, you know, over time, I found out that I can use those skills to build.
brands and build businesses. So I went in all out, you know, to make sure I get all the right skills I needed. But that gave me leverage. That gave me platforms. It gave me the experience I needed. So please don't take God out of your life. Don't take God out of your career. Always believe in him. See how you can have a better relationship with him. And it's going to be realer to you than the next man. Hey, Thank you so much for having me on this platform. It's game over, like my brother said. <laughs>